It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner, Wade Chessman. Welcome in to the Money Night Podcast. I'm Wade Chessman, wealth advisor and owner here at Chessman Wealth Strategies. So excited to have you with us today. You can notice once again, no Ben George, no co-host, it's just me. Uh, We have an opportunity today here directly from another business owner. So this is another episode of our business owners podcast. It's always interesting to hear their stories and today is no exception. I'm really excited to welcome to the show, Jim Fight, president and CEO of the Judge Fight Company. Did I get that right, Jim? Is that how you say it? Jim Fight Company, Judge Fight Company or Judge Fight Companies? (laughs) It's the Judge Fight Companies, uh, our primary business happens to be a Century 21 uh, franchisee, Century 21 Judge Fight Company, but we own several Judge Fight Companies, yes, sir. All right, got it. And I was introduced to Jim by another business owner, Jeff Whittle, who has actually one of our podcasts, episode 34. So if you're interested in learning more about how we got together, you can go and check out that podcast, episode 34. And you know, as I'm since I'm mentioning that, if you guys have uh, ideas for other guests that you think would be great on the show, let me know. Wait at chessmanwealth.com. Shoot me up. Let me know You know, other folks you think would be a great idea, someone like Jim. And so, Jim, again, thanks for being here. Welcome. You know, you have a really fascinating story. I was reading your bio, and it says that you were the youngest real estate professional in Texas history. Okay, that's kind of cool, kind of amazing. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that. And you already mentioned uh, a little bit about your business, but tell us a little bit more about that. Maybe go into your background. Just kind of tell us your story. Sure. So my mother and father founded our company in 1937, Wade. So we've been here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, since then uh, in the residential real estate business is our core uh, primary business. And since then, we've broken out into a lot of other companies. And so my dad and mom ran that company up until 1997. I started in the real estate business in 1972. And back then you had to have, uh, you had to be 21 to get your real estate license. That was the legal age. And so I came back from college after a year and told my mom and dad that I uh, really wanted to go in the real estate business and college wasn't just one for me. What can I say? And, uh, so my, I love that. Yeah, yeah, really. No, that wasn't the, the greatest thing in the world. But you know what? Uh, they were real great about it. And I told them I wanted to go into real estate business. And so they had two conditions. My dad, uh, sitting here at dinner one night, had two conditions. One of them is that you go to school, sit in a classroom one day a month or an average of 12 days a year for the rest of your life. And the second condition was you read, study, or think an hour a day, five days a week for the rest of your life. Hmm. And by the way, for 49 years now, that's what I've been doing. I've been going to classes, um, sitting in a classroom or strategy Hmm. sessions or that sort of thing, uh, anywhere from 12 to well over 30 days a year. And I read, study, and think. I was at breakfast this morning at 5.30. and we'll go out to breakfast almost every morning. And I was sitting there by myself, read, studying, and thinking. So... From there, they had my disabilities of a minor removed. That's what they had to do so I could get my license at 18. So I was of legal age at 18 and uh, was got in the real estate business. Uh, my sister Jan and I bought the company from them in 1977. 
five years later. And we had one office and eight people here in Dallas. And today we have 21 offices throughout North Texas. We have in residential real estate and commercial real estate. And then we own a title company. Uh, we have a partnership with a mortgage company, uh, insurance agency, property management. Wow. We own a real estate school and uh, I'm probably leaving something out and they'll be have their feelings hurt if they hear that I left something out. But, but a lot anyway, of <laughs> several, several different business, yeah, several different businesses that all work off of our real estate brokerage business. And so 1997, we joined the Century 21 system. We're the fifth largest Century 21 and system of uh, franchisee in the country and uh, in closed units and number six in AGC as of the first day of September. Wow. So there's okay. a background. That's a lot. Now, obviously you were in, it sounds like you were influenced by your mom and dad, you know, since they were already kind of in the business. Did you ever think about doing something different? I mean, what, what made you so excited about, you know, going into real estate at such a young age, especially? Well, at 16, my mother was an agent. My dad, you know, was a broker owner of the company or manager of the company. And we were sitting at dinner one night, they were talking real estate. You know, I was a 16-year-old kid, teenager, uh, rebelling against everything probably. And, and so they were talking about real estate and I slammed my hand down on the table. I stood up and I said, I'm never going to be a realtor. And I stormed out of the room. Okay. Two years later, I was the youngest realtor in Texas a real estate agent in Texas. So anyway, there's, there's the, uh, did I have that plan? No, but my father, um, I'll get a little personal here with you, Wade. I have language and learning disabilities, uh, diagnosed at a very young age. Uh, back then they didn't even know what they were, but my parents were, were very astute and they had me tested. And so anyway, I won't go into the details there, but the fact is that they had me doing a lot of tests throughout my life. And one of the tests that they gave me or went to a um, educational consulting company was what am I geared for? What is my brain geared for? What is my body geared for, et cetera? And the number one thing on the list was real estate sales. Now, was that a coincidence because my dad was there? Well, number two was a dentist, but it also went on to say I didn't have the, the stick-to-itiveness to go through dental school. But for some reason, they said I'd be a good dentist. And the third one was the leader of a funeral home. Well, that didn't interest me much, so I chose real estate. Oh, okay. It sounds yeah. It's, my daughter's done tests similar to. I think it's probably a similar theme. It kind of gives you where you're would best suited. Okay, so you, yeah. But but yeah. what happened between sixteen and eighteen? That goes. You said at sixteen, I'm not doing it. What changed two years later? Was it the test, or did you just finally come to the realization that that made the most sense? I would say the, the, the combination of both. The test are put, probably put that into my brain that I'd be pretty good at it. And the, the second part was I, I really wasn't college material. It just, you know, I played cards a lot and joined a fraternity and you, that's enough said there. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I just, I just really wasn't interested. But real estate, um, you know, I've been studying it all my life and I love it and it is what I do. So at 18, you became an agent. So what did, what did it look like at first when you went to work with your parents' company? Well, we were a small brokerage, eight people, like I said. And uh, so my dad was big in education and, and he was, you know, a leader in the real estate business at the time. And, and everybody was a mom and pop shop back then. There were no companies like ours today out there mm-hmm. in the marketplace. 
So he was just like all the other eight brokers, except that dad was really, really big in real estate or realtor education. And so he had training classes for us agents. He was a salesman. He knew how to sell. He knew how to, to connect with people and build relationships and, and grow. And, and that's what he taught me. And, you know, he gave me my first cassette series and a little history and bring you up to current cassette series for those uh, listeners out there that don't know what cassette tapes are. They came before MP3 players and smartphones. Okay. Even so before he gave me CDs. This series. Yeah, even before CDs, even before 8-track. Well, no, 8-tracks and then cassettes, I guess. But anyway, yeah. uh, he gave me a cassette series called Lead the Field by Earl Nightingale. Yeah. And I listened to that series over and over and over again. I kept that tape series in my car as long as I had a cassette tape player. And I would listen to especially tapes one and two. There are 12 recordings, recording one and two. And then... Once they got, we went to CDs, I bought it in CDs and I kept those in my car and I've listened to them, well, a thousand or thousands of times over my career. And as a matter of fact, our strategic planning meeting in two weeks, all of the leadership team, we have 42 people on our leadership team today and all of them, their assignment before our strategic planning is to listen to and study the Lead the Field series by Earl Nightingale. That's our assignment. So and tell me the name of that again. Say discuss. it again. It's the yeah, Earl Nightingale. Lead the field. Lead the field. Okay. You can, you can buy it in book form. You can uh, buy it as a book on Amazon or it's free on YouTube. All right. So you can listen to it on YouTube. Well, it obviously so. had a big impact on you. Okay. But yeah. so one thing I was, when I was kind of thinking about my questions for today, you know, a lot of times, so you're, 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 like you said, your mom and dad are this mom and pop's business. And a lot of times, I'd say a vast majority of the time, that dies there. The next generation doesn't take it on. But you've not only taken it on, but you've grown this thing like amazingly. Tell me a little bit about why you think you were able to do that when so, so many times it doesn't work. Well, I, I would say vision. Um, even when I was an 18-year-old kid, and I say that, don't say that lightly, I was a kid, mm-hmm. thought I could whip the world. I had a vision of I wanted to be a company that would would be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and be a major player in the real estate brokerage business, even before I was in management or anything else. And so, you know, that for whatever reason, you get that vision in your mind and all of a sudden you start setting goals. And when you set those goals, then you start achieving those goals. And the next thing you know, you're in the ownership position of the company. By the way, that was at age 22 when, when my sister and I took over. She's a little older than I. And uh, so we bought the company from our dad in 1977. And then it was a matter of, okay, let's open another office and let's do this and let's do that. And, and it all led to now we cover literally 11,000 square miles in North Texas wow. in all of our businesses. Yeah. Okay. So, it, so I would say vision and goals and vision yeah. and goals. And that'll leave one out hard work. Yeah. A lot yeah. of hours, a lot of time, a lot of energy, all that comes together. Yeah. But really, it sounds like it's really, it sounds like you basically started it from scratch because you bought it such a long time ago. At that point, it was so small that, I mean, at least you had a little bit of a, it's, but it's not like this was a big company that would have been built up and you kind of took it over. This was something really small that you took and you grew it. 
exponentially is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Well, I, I would never say we started from scratch. My father and mother, as far as that goes, had an excellent reputation. Right. You know, core values are, are very strong in our organization. You know, EOS yeah. core values are, are the, the foundation of your organization and, and they are the foundation of our organization. So we had, I, I call mom and dad, the cornerstone, Yeah. you know, their ethical standards, their education, their knowledge, their ability to help and serve people was certainly inbred in Jan and I. And of course, then the real estate business grew and the opportunities started coming our way and the rest is history. I guess there's a lot okay. in between. Well, what, let me let me switch gears a little bit. One thing I noticed on your website that I thought was kind of cool is that everybody, in, instead of real estate agents or real estate this, you call them real estate professionals. I get the sense that's pretty important. It's not just something random that you can came up with. Can you talk a little bit about that? I thought that was kind of cool, but I I could be wrong, but I suspect that means something. Well, real estate agents uh, generally don't have the greatest reputation out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you typically put doctors at the top and lawyers used to be up there. Maybe they're not today. <laughs> Probably wealth management guys like you are up there way, way up well, there. I think um, our industry has got its own set of problems, believe me. Yeah. So, so as we, you know, de- continue to develop and looking at words, words are important. My sister Jan is, is a English major, so words are really important to her. So as we started looking at words and, and how they translate into the public, uh, we, aren't, we, we don't want our, quote, licensees to be just stole real estate agents. Right. We want them to be professional. So if we call them that and we communicate that and we communicate that to our potential clients, then when they go out on a listing against somebody else, guess what? They're elevated a little bit higher just because of their title. And, you know, our training, we, you know, we were awarded the best training in DFW by the Dallas Morning News. We've been in the best top 100 places to work in the Dallas Morning News for nine years in a row. The best places to work are the Dallas Business Journal for, I think, we're six years in a row now. And we just didn't try the first three years or weren't nominated. But anyway, the point is that these things are really important to us. And so that training vehicle is, and by the way, we beat out companies that are well-known. I won't call names, but I'll just say these are companies that you would think you beat them out. And of course, I was shocked too uh, when they (laughs) named our name. But the training and the development and the support that our people have is not common in the real estate business. We definitely have a business model that we feel very comfortable calling our people real estate professionals. Okay. That makes total sense. And that sounds like something even your dad instilled in you way back in the day before that was cool. He was into the, he was into that and you, sounds like you kept that going, which is really interesting and sounds like it's paid off. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it's still paying off, I hope. Well, yeah, it's still paying <laughs> off. I, I, yeah, I don't mean to say it's you're done. It's all done. I just meant to say it. it is We're not all off. done. No. Okay. So um, talk a little bit about, you know, what you see the future for your business looking like. What, what are some of your visions for that? Sure. So we are big in strategic planning and have been for over 40 years. You know, that's a big, big deal for us. And so we're in the middle of our strategic planning for 2022 and beyond. Of course, you being uh, familiar with EOS, you 
can imagine. We have a 10-year goal. We have three-year goals. We have one-year goals. We have quarterly rocks, and they all add up to that 10-year goal. And then we align our people, whether that's the individual real estate professional or the loan officer or the title company uh, escrow officer. Everybody's goals feed into their particular department, which feed into the company goals, which feed into the overall accomplishment of those goals. So where are we going? Well, we're 84 years young in the real estate business. We have our succession plan in place. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, once I do something else and my sister does something else at some point in our lives, whether it's forced upon us or voluntary, the fact is, you know, we have people in our company that could run it. Well, they basically run it every day today. I'm the visionary of the company. My son, uh, Eric, third generation uh, realtor, is the integrator of our company's chief operating officer. And then we have our team of people that literally run these companies day in, day out. And uh, of course, I'm involved in growth. And growth means mergers and acquisitions. Growth means recruiting and retention. Growth means uh, continuing to add to our technology suite uh, so that we can have the cutting edge technology for the real estate and other business professions that we're involved in. And all that adds up to success, I hope. Success is a journey, not a destination. Right. So, Well, and you mentioned EOS a couple of times. Again, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, check out episode 34. We talked all about it. And it's what's amazing. It's almost every business owner, I think everyone I've interviewed pretty much so far is using that process. I mean, instead of just kind of hoping that things will work out, let's have a process to follow. It's going to give us a much better chance of working out. So check out episode 34 if you want to learn more about that. Okay. I'd love to get maybe a couple other quick questions. I always like, I always find it interesting if you're looking back on your long career and the, and the business, what are some of the, maybe the worst moments and maybe best moments? Cause you know, it's not all perfect, right? No, sure. It's not. So at the beginning, first of all, Janet and I have led this company through four recessions. And if you call two and a half months of COVID, and I say two and a half months because real estate just stopped March 15th of 2020, but it picked back up in July. So we had a very short-lived recession, if you will. So four truly economic recessions we've led this company through. And the you know darkest moments, of course, are having to make very, very difficult decisions about your business. As long as you got money coming in and business is rolling, it, you know, it's fun and it's exciting. And then all of a sudden, you know, the balloon busts and, and, you know, our income went down from 2006 to 2011 by 48%, mm. 48%. I mean, real estate was hit really, really hard. Yeah. And so, you know, how do you still stay in business during that cycle? How do you succeed during that cycle. And we have this little thing. We don't talk about survival in our company. We talk about success. Even through the deepest, darkest days, we talked about what are we going to do to be successful? That's that's our mantra, kind of like that real estate professional. Mm -hmm. That survival word just isn't acceptable. And uh, I'm I'm quick to to communicate. Don't say survival to me. We're going to succeed through this. Okay. So that was a dark moment without a doubt. You know, it, it took our cash that we had saved up. It took a lot of, uh, but by the way, we didn't lay off one person through that time, which wow, I'm very proud incredible. of. Yeah, I would be too. We went to our leadership team, which we didn't tell anybody at the time and asked them if they would take a reduction in pay. Everyone did. 
We didn't lose one leader during that time. And in uh, 2011, 1231 of 2011, we paid all of those leaders back 100% of what they cut off their salary. Hmm. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's called culture. Yeah. That's called core values. And as a result, they're still with us today. So that's a good thing called loyalty. And, you know, loyalty, we could have another podcast on that. So anyway, the best, you know, without a doubt, when we joined the Century 21 system, it was the hardest decision we ever made uh, because we're taking our dad's name and we're mixing it with something else, an international brand. Without a question, it was the most important decision we made, hardest decision we made. And the best decision we ever made, because to build a brand in DFW takes millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. We joined a Century 21 system. Our people are known the day they put on their name badge and you get their business cards. They're instant experts. Right. So powerful day, best decision we ever made. I hope that answers your question. No, that's great. I love that. Um, it sounds like you do a lot of studying, a lot of reading, a lot of so this you, this, you probably could talk about this for an hour, but I always like to ask business owners, you know, what advice, this may be too broad, but, you know, what advice would you give to other business owners or people thinking about going into business? Uh, maybe one or two that just pop into your head. Sure. So going back to lead the field in Earl Nightingale, that principle that, that he teaches in that cassette series. Now, it goes back 49 years in my world, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling, telling you the same principle today. You got a three-legged stool in business. You got production. You've got to have sales. Whatever business you're in, doesn't matter. You got to have sales. Doesn't matter. And people say, oh, "I'm not a salesperson." Well, you better be, or you're not going to last. You've got uh, research and development. Without a doubt, you've got to know your market. You've got to know your business. You've got to know your industry. You've got to know your your um, community, whatever that community is that you're, you're serving. And then the third one is finance. A lot of real estate people are not good at m- with managing money. They're good at making it, not good at keeping it. Yeah. And so managing money is a critical aspect. The real estate business is cyclical. We're on the top of the top right now. I hope it goes further. Let me make it clear, Wade. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hope it goes higher than it is today. But the fact is, that if you don't manage your money well, it will get away from you. You will go broke. You will not succeed in our business or any business as far as that goes. Right. Because you wouldn't have survived 2008 had you not been fiscally responsible because a lot of companies went out of business. So the, the strong survived. I think absolutely. A lot of, you know, one of the questions I had today is what do you see just as a, I'm just personally curious about it. Like a lot of people like me, we don't understand what the heck is going on with housing prices and why they're zoning so crazy. But it can't, if you look at history, if history is any guide, it's not going to be able to go like this in a straight line forever. It's going to be some kind of event that's going to cause a disruption. What do you see going on right now? And, you know, for, the, for us that maybe don't understand it, why do you think things are so overheated right now or seem to be kind of frothy and Because you mentioned, hey, you got to be prepared for the good times and the bad. What do you see going on right now? Well, we we have certainly been blessed. And by the way, it's not a straight line or the straight line is straight up in value. (laughs) It's it's certainly not parallel. And uh, so what's going on is, is multifaceted, which you don't have time to get to in this podcast. I don't know how much time we have. 
it's the demand, it's jobs. You know, we have, and, and it's uh, generation, you know, the millennials largest generation in the history of time. They're now at the buying age. Okay. And so you've got this, this storm of low interest rates, lack of housing, throw in COVID into that. We all stuck into our nest for, for 12 to 18 months. Um, and you, you put this, all of these things together and great jobs, you know, in DFW, we have the greatest job market in the right. country. And so, you know, in people moving here, the migration from California and the Northeast to here, I was in the last three days in a meeting with other brokers from around the country, 20 of us gather together three times a year and we talk about this stuff. And um, without a doubt, they're having great years too, but they were talking more, it's going to end soon, it's going to end soon. I believe, and you'll have me back on a podcast in a year and a half and say you were right or wrong, I believe we have this real estate market for another two years. You know, probably won't see the 20 to 30% appreciation that we we're seeing today, but we could. What we will see is lack of inventory, lack of new properties being built that are absorbing the demand, lack of people selling their home, buying a bigger home, buying a smaller home, lack of those folks making the move, and the great number of people that want to buy real estate. That equals simple economics 101. More people want to buy than want to sell, the price goes up. Yeah. And, we're, and we've got that in DFW. The money that's coming in here from California is just blows me away. Mm-hmm. You know, they're selling their 1,200 square foot house for a million two or a million three. And they're coming here buying a mansion for a million two or a million three <laughs> yeah. or 700,000. And they're paying cash. Yeah. So that's what's happening in our world. I think we're into it for another couple of years. Read the Dallas Business Journal, all the jobs that are coming here from, yeah. from around the country. Uh, but, you know, I am saving my money, though. I will tell you that. <laughs> I'm putting it in the bank. I'm, I'm preparing for that time. And we have been since 2012. Yeah. I mean, you have to be because, you know, it's like stocks. You know, when people when people stop wanting them, then they're going to go down because the supply and demand issues the same thing. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, I thought this was really cool. Tell me about the Judge Fight Charitable Foundation. So we formed, we, we've been a Easter Seals fundraising has been our charity of choice since uh, 1998. And we've raised over, uh, th- well over $3 million. Last Saturday night, we had Boots and Barbecue, which is big, our big fundraiser. Don't have the final numbers in, but it's over 300,000 preliminary numbers that we raised last Saturday night for Easter Seals, which helps people with disabilities. That's awesome. In 2017, we formed the Judge Fight Charitable Foundation and primarily funded through our agents' closings and our company closings. For every closing we have in the company, we pay a sum to the Charitable Foundation, as well as our agents participate in that. And... Um, of course, I do in a big way and other leaders in the company in a big way. So what, what our purpose, and I won't say it person, you know, exactly, but here's generally what it is. If someone has an emergency need in DFW, their house burns down, their child has epilepsy and needs a, a service dog to, to help them through that process, um, their, how, their cousin's house flooded in Houston. And, you know, during that, that hurricane a couple of years ago, yeah. three years ago, whenever it was, Harvey. 
And yeah, Harvey. And, and now, you know, the New Orleans thing. And, and we're related to those people, whether they're in DFW or around the country. But most of our grants go to here in DFW. But we're looking for people with an emergency situation. I'll tell you a quick story. I go to a diner and have breakfast a lot. That's my mm-hmm. morning deal, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those waitresses came over to me and said, this gentleman wants to buy a house. Can I send him out to you? I said, okay, send him out. So I got his information and was excited to talk to him. And he's a cook. He takes a bus to work every day. He wants to buy a house. First house he's ever bought. The next day, that same waitress called me on the phone and I referred him to an agent, a loan officer, et cetera. The agent called me. I mean, the the lady, the uh, waitress called me on the phone and said, Jim, I won't call his name. His daughter died last night. I knew he couldn't pay the funeral bills. I immediately submitted a grant to the charitable foundation. And within 24 hours, I had a check in my hand and I delivered it to this young man. Mm, That's awesome. Those are the kind of things our thousand plus agents and employees are looking for so that we can make a difference when a difference needs to be made. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. I love that. You ask, I told you. No, I love that. I love that so much. Anyway, I could... And there's story after story after story, Wade. It's just yeah. just gratifying. It's yeah, really. It that while is, we're on this earth. Yeah, I thank 100% you. Hundred percent agree. Well, I really fascinating to talk to you today, and I really appreciate you being part of the podcast. If anybody was interested in, you know, let's say they have a real estate need or something like that, how would they go about finding more information? You know, if they could. It's real simple. Hey, I mean, you guys are doing a great job. I'd love, you know, I'd love to send people your way. Thank you very much. Uh, www.century21judgefight.com. Google Judge Fight. Century 21, Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, there's a lot of ways to find us out there. Yeah, not hard to find at all. Uh, drive around your neighborhood. We probably have an office near there. And um, so, yeah, in mortgage, insurance, title, property management, we, we basically do anything related to the real estate business and serve our clients. That's awesome. Well, one final thing I'm going to point out uh, that I'd like to do is just a thank you gift to you for being on the podcast. I'm going to do a $500 gift or donation to the, to your charitable foundation. Oh, wow. That's very generous. Which I really appreciate. So we will put it to good, good use. Sounds like it. By the way, the cost of operating that foundation is a tax return. (laughs) That's our overhead. There's not a lot of overhead. No, sir. There's not a lot of overhead. There's little money in, a lot of money in, a lot of money out, and, and that's the only overhead. The company absorbs all the administration costs. Love it. Well, that makes me feel even better about doing it. So I'm excited to do that. Thanks again for being part of the podcast. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for having me on. The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.